0: On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Bread of Pentecost. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verses 15 through 17. Here now, Pastor Moody.
1: Uh, As I said, I'm excited about Pentecost, and uh, it's a lot of things to a lot of people. And uh, a lot of people have tried to conform and transform and change what Pentecost is, but you can say what you want to. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out the Holy Ghost in the fire, and He burned up the chaff. Amen. Can I get a witness? And what came out of that upper room was pure, fresh anointing, and the love and grace of God that has went around the world. And can I say it? It's never stopped. Hello. How many of you glad the Holy Ghost is still here? He'll be here till the rapture of the church and with grace and mercy. And then when the church is raptured, then the man of sin is revealed, the Antichrist, and the tribulation begins. But the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost in the body of Christ is the restraining force that holds back the Antichrist, amen? And so today we're so glad for God and for his goodness. And... Uh, I just want to preach a little bit. The good thing about these, these services is I get to preach this message three times. And uh, usually the third time I'm feeling it pretty good. So you ought to come back for the third serving. Amen? If you can, praise God. Stand with me and let's go to the book of Leviticus. And uh, normally I know you're probably thinking, what? You're supposed to go to Acts chapter 2. We'll get there before we're done. But I want to go to Leviticus chapter 23. And I want to talk to you about Pentecost, hallelujah, amen. How many is glad for the goodness of the Lord, amen, hallelujah. Leviticus 23, let's look at verse number 15. The Bible said, and you shall count unto you from the morrow, after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete, even unto the morrow after, the day after the Sabbath. And you shall number fifty days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. And you shall bring out of your house, say that with me, out of your house, out of your habitation, two wave loaves of, two, of two-tenth deals. Let me translate that to modern English. I want you to bring two loaves of bread out of your house that are made by the recipe that I told you Is saying, "They shall be a fine flour; they shall be baked with leaven." Notice that. Usually, now, like at the Passover, they ate unleavened bread. They had to get rid of leaven because it represented sin. But I'm talking about the church, and how many knows there's still leaven in the church? That may shock you, but there is sin in the church. Don't get comfortable with that, because I'm going to turn that thing upside down today. You should not be living in sin. In willful sin, if you're a child of God. Can I get a witness? Amen. But God realizes there is sin in the church. It'll be bacon with leaven. And he said, they are the first fruits unto the Lord. What I've just described to you is how God commanded Israel to worship on the day of Pentecost. I have dealt with the fact that he told them to bring two loaves out of their house. Those loaves are so symbolic that I just feel like I need to preach on the bread of Pentecost, the bread of Pentecost. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for the worship this morning. We need you, oh God, to come like you've came that over 2,000 years ago now when you poured out your spirit in the upper room. Lord, we need Pentecost again in the church world. We need the church to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the church to be refined by the fire of Pentecost. We need the church, dear God, to be empowered with the anointing of Pentecost to take this gospel to a dying world. We need to be, Lord, the answer to the riots in the streets. We need to be the answer to the divorce in the home. We need to be the answer to the drug addiction in the cities and in the country. God, we need to be the ones that bring healing to a hurting land because we're the Pentecostal church. Let your will be done. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. I want you to understand something about the feasts of Pentecost. There were seven major feasts that God prescribed for Israel for them to observe. And uh, they started, of course, with Passover and then after Passover was the was the feast of first fruits, which I mentioned briefly here. And first fruits started, Amen. Right after Passover, I want to say something. Somebody mentioned a while ago about Pentecost being on Sunday. Well, Easter was on Sunday because Easter was represented the resurrection. Jesus was crucified on Passover, which was on a Sabbath, which is Saturday. Can you say Amen? And when you read in Leviticus, what you'll notice is that God said, after the Sabbath, after the Passover, then you have the feast of firstfruits. And they would take, that was at the time of the beginning of the harvest. And God said, you take a sheaf out of the field, which means a, a sheaf or a, a, a shock of the wheat. And you bring it to the priest and he waves it before God. And then you have a feast after that. And what you're doing is you're saying we're celebrating the harvest, the beginning of harvest. We're celebrating Jesus. I want you to know something was the first fruit of the resurrection. Glory to God. But how many's glad Jesus was not the only one that rose from the dead? Because Pentecost represents that there's a resurrection of life for everyone, there's an outpouring of the Spirit for everyone. So you have first fruits, and then, then you, have that, uh, you have that feast. And then f- for seven Sabbaths, notice you count that, that's seven weeks, seven Sabbath days. Remember, remember, the Sabbath is on Saturday. And then you have seven Sabbaths, which are 49 days, amen, from, from Passover, starting with first fruits. And then he says the 50th day, which is on Sunday, the first day of the week. Then you have a Pentecostal feast. You bring two loaves of bread from your house to the tabernacle. You wave them before God. And when we see these feasts, I want you to know that they were perpetual. And they were symbolic of the life and the ministry of Christ. The result was not only was the history preserved, amen, by those feasts, but also the future was predicted as well. Today we celebrate Pentecost. My desire is not to just preserve the history of Pentecost, but to present its purpose and possess its power. I want to tell you that Pentecost has been a fuel. It's been a fire in my life ever since I was baptized in the Holy Ghost 42 years ago. It's not just a historical event. Come on, it's a perpetual occurrence with me. Amen. Paul said we need to be filled with the Spirit. I think we need to be Spirit-filled, fresh fire, uh, freshly filled and, and receive fresh fire every day of our life. I think if we don't have a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost and a moving of the Spirit in our life, we become just a liturgical and a practicing church. We become a people that just kind of go through the motions without any emotion. Can you say amen? They used to accuse the Pentecostal church of just being fanatical and being emotional. That doesn't happen too much anymore. Amen, in most churches. Most churches have become just that that church that practices and goes through the motions. But what I'm preaching about is a moving, living, real experience. Amen. Many of the Jewish people would and still do travel to Jerusalem to observe these feasts. And they would begin at Passover and continue until Pentecost. They would stay there that entire 50-day time before they would leave. This explains the multitudes from all nations that were there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out. Jews also celebrated Pentecost because it was on Pentecost, amen, that God gave Moses the law. Go back and study your Bible. 50 days from the Passover, amen, Moses went to Mount Sinai. He got up on the mountain. The cloud came down. There were thunderings and lightning and voices. The Bible said voices is like trumpets like trumpets coming out of that cloud the jewish rabbis said that that was god speaking with the trumpet voice in every language that was known to man god declared his law his law ruled the world come on somebody amen from that time everything was dictated the nation was governed by law but first fruits, as you can tell by its name, be represented all of a sudden now something's happening. There's a harvest. There's a time. Amen. How I many knows there's time to sow and there's a time to reap. There's a time to plant and there's a time to pluck up that which was planted. I want to tell you on the feast of first fruits, they waved that sheaf of grain before the Lord. But on Pentecost, they waved two loaves of bread. I got to studying this and I got so excited. I got on fire. I thought, thank God. God for those two loaves of bread, those two loaves that were baked with leaven in them, those two loaves that God was saying gather in everybody from every nation, every person, bring them with their sin, bring them with their bondage, bring them with their faults, bring them with their failure because I'm about to do a thing amen, that's going to change the world forever. Hallelujah. Why would they do that? Pentecost amen, I want you to understand something. On the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost fell amen and and uh, the Holy Spirit baptized that early church and united them amen into one body I want to say this there were devout men from every nation there were people amen that were proselytes of every ethnicity that were at Jerusalem that day I want to tell you they would lived under that law they would went through that ceremony year after year of going through Passover first fruits and then Pentecost and every one of them was doing it with the expectation that the prophecy of Joel was going to come to pass when God would say I'll pour out my spirit in the last days upon all flesh. And I want to shout it today. I want to tell America today, amen, there is injustice and there is inequality and there is, uh, there is prejudice and there is hatred and, and there's just meanness, can you say amen? But I've got good news. There's a God that sits on the throne of heaven and here's what he said he'd do for you he said I'll pour out my spirit in the last days Jesus said, I'm said John said you're getting baptized with water but there's one coming after me he's gonna baptize you in the Holy Ghost Jesus amen just before he ascended back to heaven said John truly baptized you in water but you shall receive the Holy Ghost not many days hence I've got good news The Holy Ghost is not just a feeling He's not just an emotion He's God, hallelujah The third person of the Trinity And on the day of Pentecost God baptized The whosoever will Every nation, every tongue He poured out His Spirit And He did it, glory to God To bring you out of bondage And bring you in To the freedom of real worship Give God praise if you would. whoa, hallelujah. Watch this. The Holy Spirit baptized believers, united them in one body. As I said, there were people of every ethnicity there, but God didn't stop there. Amen, on the day of Pentecost, he baptized those Jewish believers there uh, in Jerusalem. And the Gentile believers, Amen, later Peter would go to Cornelius' house and there would be an, a, an outpouring that was symbolic as well as real. He poured it out on the house of Cornelius. Peter came back and told the church at Jerusalem, I saw the Gentiles talking in tongues. They got the Holy Ghost like we did in the beginning. But it was also symbolic that God had opened the heavens and opened the door. Can somebody say amen? This is just not for the Jewish believers. This is for every person whose name's the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? This is the Holy Ghost is for everyone. Thank God, because it's He is the answer to your problem. He's the solution to your bondage. Amen. Dr. King said, I, I have a dream. I'm looking forward to a day when little black children and white children will be equal, and man will be judged by the uh, not by the you know by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. And he said on that day they'll be able to stand up and say, free at last, free at last, thank God. Amen. Free at last. Listen, Washington can't do that. That we've already seen that. Governors can't do that. Come on, somebody, they don't have the answers. Mayors can't do that. But there's a God sitting in heaven who's ready to baptize amen whosoever will in the Holy Ghost I want to say this this explains the the, the two loaves of bread they represent the Jewish believer and they represent the Gentile believer and so God said to the Jews can I just preach this a minute he said I want you to bake bread I want you to make it with a tenth deal of flour are you hearing me and, and and then he said, put leaven in it. <laughs> now to the Jews that was a no no. <laughs> Not on a holy day. But you know what God was saying? I'm tired of your religion. I'm tired of your ceremony and your heart not being in it. If you really care, put leaven in it. Let me expand that a little bit. He's saying if you really care, include the Gentiles. If you really care, include the Samaritans that you're so prejudiced against that you won't even walk through Samaria. Oh, come on, somebody help me. If you really want to serve me, include the Egyptians and the Ethiopians, amen, and the nations from around the world. If you really want to see me and know my heart, you've got to get your eyes off your and lift your eyes up and look on the fields, hallelujah. Pentecost is, listen, we've, we've, it's been misunderstood. It's been misrepresented. I mean, I am Pentecostal. And Pentecostal people are some of the worst messed up people you've ever seen in your life. hello. <laughs> They think Pentecost is about a hemline and a hairdo. And somebody's gonna get mad at me over this. (laughs) And I'm sorry. And some of you others are just as bad. You think cause you're Pentecostal you can jerk your clothes off and get naked. You both make me sick. Come on somebody. Pentecost is about us understanding that the answer is not me and the answer is not my regulations. The answer is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Wow. I know some of you are going to unfriend me. And I waited for years to get on Facebook (laughs) where I could get friends and some of you are going to unfriend me, sure as the world. Oh, God. Paul the Apostle said, let me talk to you about this. In 1 Corinthians 15, he said, I speak as to wise men. In other words, get your head out of the sand, act like you got some sense, and listen to me. I speak as unto wise men. Now, you judge what I say. Listen, see if it's not right. He said, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ and the bread which we break when we when when we do communion. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Now watch verse 17. This ties together what exactly what I've been saying this morning. Verse 17 says, For we being many are one bread and one body. Are you hearing me? For we are all partakers of that one bread. Man's ideas and doctrines have made Pentecost a source of division, a source of confusion. Yet the illustration of the two lows represent, amen, the fact that Pentecost was and is, hear me, the most unifying event in the history of the church. Listen, we're all born again at the cross we all come to Jesus through repentance and understand that he became sin for us on the cross and died in our place and if we accept that sacrifice and receive him as savior we're forgiven but the thing that tears down the division I want to tell you I've been amen to several places in Africa in Asia in the islands of the sea in the Philippines I've I've preached in, uh, in, in Central America South America I've been a lot of places. And can I tell you something? When you get down into the heart of those countries where poverty is the norm and they don't have materialism like we do in America and they don't—they wouldn't know what it was like to have a padded pew or a carpeted floor in a church building or a stained glass window, when you get in those places, I don't care what name it's got over the door, it doesn't matter what denomination they claim to be, they get hungry for God. And when you get down there, they're saved, they're washed in the Blood. Can I tell you, they're sanctified. They're separated from the world, and they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they talk in tongues, and they shout, and they share their bread, and they love one another. I'm gonna preach a while. I want to tell you, you can find Pentecost in the most unlikely places, and the place that you don't find it is where you ought to find it, and that's in the church in America today. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. God baptize us again. God give us the Holy Ghost. God pour out your spirit. I know we're social distancing, but if you feel it, you just get up and help yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Shit, Hear me, says the Lord, for the destruction and the division that has taken over the world, not just your country, but the world, was not began with me. I am the God of peace. I'm the God of unity. I'm the God of love. I poured my spirit out to gather the harvest in this last day. The enemy has come to divide, but I will pour out my glory and I will show myself strong, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him praise and give him glory. Glory. Listen. Hallelujah. I'm going to Acts chapter 2. You may lose me here. Are you hearing me? (laughs) I said, Yippee. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost. You may lose me here I may be done for the rest of the service but Acts chapter 2 said and when the day of Pentecost was fully come amen they were with all, they were all with one accord in one place hallelujah and suddenly Woo! <laughs> we're in one place we're in one accord I ain't caring about nothing I'm hungry for God to, to pour out his Holy Ghost his power and suddenly suddenly touch your neighbor and say suddenly Hell, I don't mean virtually touch them I mean touch them say suddenly 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 there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind Hallelujah, it blew on the Baptist and then it blew over there on the Methodist and there was a couple of holiness people back there that touched them and ain't what it says. That may be some modern man's Bible but it ain't mine. Your Bible said suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rush of mighty men and it filled all. Say that with me. Filled all the house where they were sitting. Watch this. There's wind. And then there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. One translation says individual fires set upon each of them. In other words, it came, it set upon every one of them. Can I tell you, it set on that little Baptist, that little Methodist, that black guy, that yellow guy the brown guy and even the old white guy amen can you say amen fire set up on each of them amen where they were sitting hallelujah and they were all filled <laughs> oh hallelujah somebody ought to raise your hands somebody ought to praise the Lord somebody ought to expect it they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't upset anybody. Oh, yes, I do. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they didn't stand up and say, What a wonderful message, Pastor. You handled that well. (laughs) No, no, no. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, Pastor, I don't like that part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no I'm not, I'm sorry sorry for you that you don't like it, amen because what it means is they lost control they gave up, amen their own little idea of religion oh, I'll preach here in just a few minutes glory to God they they gave up control, they gave up their own selfish desire and ambition when the Holy Ghost really gets poured out uh, when the fire of God really falls uh, when you really get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you'll forget about what church was like last Sunday amen, I believe by the Second service, we'll forget what it was like this service. Oh, come on, somebody. When the Holy Ghost is poured out and fire gets on you, has anybody ever been touched by fire? Have you ever burnt yourself? How long did it take you to get away from it? How long did it take you not to get up and get moving? I'm telling you, fire will bring a change. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than yours, sound. Hallelujah. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, beginning to speak in other tongues. The Spirit gave them I want to show you why Pentecost. I'm going to preach on about three things real quickly. First of all, the concern of Pentecost. What was God's intention? Amen. Listen, they had kept these feasts. They'd kept these rituals. They'd honored them year after year after year. But they did it through tradition. By the time Jesus got there, Passover had become a marketing gimmick. Remember what he did? He went in the temple and turned the tables over and took a whip and drove them out because they was blaspheming God that made it so materialistic. No move of the power. No touch of the presence. No glory in the house. Can I get a witness? I want to tell you if church is dead, some preacher killed it. Let me just move on. Let me move on. The concern of Pentecost was this. Jesus came and he met with those disciples, amen, just before he was getting ready to die and be, you know, be crucified, buried, and then resurrected, and then 50, 40 days later he would leave and leave them there alone for 10 days waiting on the Holy Ghost. In Mark 16 and verse 15, Jesus said, here's the concern. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm concerned about every nation, every ethnicity. I'm concerned about those, those folks in the Middle East who've been duped by Islam. I'm concerned about those in Asia who've been duped by Buddhism and these other religions. I want people to know that there's one God, there's one Savior, there's one way to heaven. Come on somebody. I'm glad God made it simple. He made it a unifying amen salvation and he poured out his spirit on Pentecost to bring everybody to an understanding of who Christ was. Go preach the gospel to the whole world, to every creature. He that believes and is baptized Shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. I want to say, I want you to get that in your spirit. We're, we're empowered with the Holy Ghost to take the gospel because those that believe it, amen, are saved. How many glad you're saved? How many's got people in your family that are not saved? They're damned. That's what the scripture said. I think sometimes we just need to get blunt and, and offend people a little bit to make you. This ain't about you, you know, getting coming to church and getting comfortable on a padded pew and the air conditioning set just for <laughs> some preacher not preaching some offensive sermon. I want you to understand your lost people's damn. They're going to hell. That's why God poured the Spirit out. So we could take the message to them. Amen. Luke 24. Forty-nine. Jesus said, "Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you get endued with power from on high." What do you mean, power? All of a sudden, their little minds started reeling, and they began to think, "Well, we're going to get to be take over the kingdom now. We're going to, we're, we're going to, you know, that." Well, on the night Jesus was arrested, you know, they was arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom, and he had to rebuke them. Are you hearing me? And uh, he, he had, he, you all should have heard my Wednesday night sermon on survival in the sifting. Satan was trying to, to divide and conquer the church that night. and But then Jesus talks to him in Acts chapter 1. And what he said, he said, you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you're going to be witnesses both in Jerusalem. Watch this. We're okay with that in Judea. That's good. But then he says, you're going to Samaria. You've got to understand most self-respecting Jews wouldn't even walk in Samaria. They called they, It was prejudice. They called them half-breeds. That's what they called them. They wouldn't go there. Amen. That's why when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, the disciples were astounded that he was talking to her. Are you hearing me? But, uh, amen, he said to to Samaria and to the other most parts of the world. The church was born. And empowered that day on the day of Pentecost. You shall receive power. And that power is not to give you some cushy government job and let you live in the lap of luxury. That, that empowerment is to, amen, to take the gospel to a dying world. That's what it's for, amen. Secondly, I want you to notice the confusion of Pentecost. I've heard people say, oh, that, that talking in tongues is, is confusion and God's not the author of confusion. That's not, exact, that's not what it means at all. Listen, listen to me. Pentecost has, has never been confused. When they got the Holy Ghost in the upper room, there were Jews there from all over the world that spoke different languages from all over the world. And that little ignorant bunch in that upper room were Galileans. They couldn't even speak good Hebrew. Is anybody hearing me? All they knew was that local hillbilly Galilean language. They were looked at as being ignorant and unlearned, your Bible says. But one thing they took notice of was that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. And that was after Pentecost. Are you with me? because Jesus said when the Holy Ghost comes he'll teach you all things he'll bring to your remembrance everything that I've taught you he'll bring to remembrance every miracle that I did and I want to tell you they wasn't a preacher in that bunch no, sir. There was not one of them that was a preacher in that 12 until the day of Pentecost. Can somebody say amen? Oh, I love the way you're looking at me. Hallelujah. Pentecost was never confused. Men have lost sight of the day of Pentecost and they've confused its meaning and its purpose. And in, in Luke chapter two, uh, tw- chapter 22, they're there at the last supper and Jesus is eating the Passover and he shares the bread and, uh, he's, and the cup, which is his body and his blood. And he says in verse 21, behold the hand of him that will betray me is on the table with me notice the confusion they begin you begin to fly Lord is it me they weren't really saying Lord is it I they were saying Lord you know it's not me you know it it might be this guy over here it might be Charles but it ain't me it might be Jim but it's not me that's what they, they were making accusation in you into. Arguments begin to spring up then in Luke 22, verse 24, about who would be accounted worthy and be counted the greatest. And Jesus tells him, uh, list, tells him You will eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and set on thrones to judge Israel in a day. But then the Lord warns, warns Peter. He looks at Peter and says, I want to tell you something. I, and I, this is what I preached the Wednesday night. He said, Peter, Satan has desired you. Let me translate. Peter, Satan has singled you out he's picked you out he wants he wants to have you he wants to uh, sift you like weed, amen. And Peter looks at him and says, now wait a minute, Lord, I'll go to jail with you. I'll die for you. Nothing's gonna happen to me. He said, listen, Satan desired you. He wants you, but I prayed for you because your faith wouldn't fail. You know why Peter was so important? It's because he would become the apostle to the Gentiles. He would be key in opening that door to get religion out of Jerusalem and to the world. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, that ought to tell you something. God, amen, he poured his Holy Ghost power out, and Pentecost has been the attack of the devil ever since it happened. I'm not talking about denominational difference, I'm talking about the devil's trying to stop you from being hungry for an outpouring of God's power. The bread of Pentecost is what's at stake. The lost. Acts 1 and 6, when they were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, well, at this time, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? See that? Jesus told him, said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be, I'm going to be judged, beaten. I'm going to be killed. And Peter stood up and resisted him and said, far be that from you. The Bible says literally that Peter rebuked him. And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. He wasn't saying Peter was Satan. He was saying Satan is trying to, to derail, even with my apostles, what I'm trying to do here. Are you with me? Now I want you to notice the count of Pentecost. Pentecost changed the church forever. Well, the church was born on Pentecost. It changed religion forever. Religion up to that point in Israel was ceremonial. It was sacrifice. It was symbolic. It was all looking forward to a day. They had become so, their vision, their minds had become so distorted and clouded that everything they hoped for was the Messiah and when the Messiah came, they didn't recognize him. And that was supposed to be what their life was all about. But on the day of Pentecost, the scripture says, they are in the upper room. Acts 1 and 14 said they continued there with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and with Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. And those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of the names together was about 120. Somebody say 120. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost was poured out. Verse 41 said, the number of them that gladly received his word and were baptized was 3,000. Somebody say 3,000. Acts 4 and 1 said, as they spoke unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple of the Sadducees came up on them. Amen. And it said, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus' name, the resurrection from the dead, they laid hands on them. Put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now even tide. That's trying to shut it down. Look at verse four. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men that got saved in that meeting was five thousand. Can you say, man? Not to include in the rest of the family. Somebody ought to be shouting. But now, I'm not about the count of Pentecost. Acts chapter five, verse twelve said, "By the hands of the apostles, signs and wonders were done and wrought among the people, and they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch." I want to say this. This was the direct result of Ananias and Sapphira lying to the Holy Ghost and being killed and packed out of the church. I wonder if we had a revival in the church and somebody was hiding their sin and God killed them and we had to carry them out if God killed them right here in the sanctuary. Would it start a revival today? I don't know. But it did in that day. Are you with me? You know, church today covers up sin. Don't you preach on sin. I better if we want the Holy Ghost to move. Somebody said to me this morning, I want to say this to anybody that will hear it. They said to me this morning that one of the preachers said that uh, if you've got prejudice against people because of ethnicity or any other reason, you ain't gonna have no revival. Hello? Can I tell you if you've got sin on the pulpit, you're not gonna have revival. If you've if you got sin in the pew, it's hard to have revival until they come to Christ. Can you say amen? I won't dwell there long. Some are getting uncomfortable. I understand that. The Bible said that miracles were done. And verse 13 said, and of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were more added to the Lord. Watch this. Now we went from 3,000 and 5,000 to multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, and at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And the word of God increased. Can you say amen? And the number of the disciples, watch this, multiplied. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody say, multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great Company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now this this. This salvation is crossing the barriers even into the enemy's camp. Those that had fought them are now being saved. Acts 8 and 1 said, And Saul was consenting unto his death uh, when they stoned Stephen at the time. There was great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions. Remember what Jesus said? You go to Judea and Samaria. Well, they all having church in Jerusalem and feeling good. So God turned up the heat by persecution. And now they've had to travel those roads. Roads and go to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Are you with me? And everywhere they go, can I want to tell you, there is a move of God. Devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him. As for Saul, the scripture said, he made havoc in the church, entering into every house and arresting men and women and committing them to prison Therefore, the people were scattered abroad. They had to run out of town. But when they went, they were preaching the word. And Philip went down to a city of Samaria and preached to them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which... Philip spake hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. And I'm getting ready to close. I want you to understand what happened was Philip went down there in the power of the Holy Ghost preaching and the whole city came to Jesus. From what I can understand, about 60,000 people got saved. And when Peter and John heard it, they went down to Samaria. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about these Jewish Pentecostal believers. They got out of Jew, out of Israel and they went down to Samaria and they laid hands on them and they got the Holy Ghost as well. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, Nick. The bread of Pentecost. The waved loaves represent the Jews. They represent the Africans, the Asians. They, they represent the islands of the sea, the Latins. They represent Madison County, Kentucky. Hallelujah. That's the bread of Pentecost. Years ago, I heard a young preacher, his voice hadn't even developed fully preaching at the Church of God camp meeting in Lexington and his name was Perry Stone. Does anybody know who that is? And as a kid preacher younger than me Perry Stone stood over there in a camp meeting probably with 2,000 in the building or more and shook up the Pentecostal world because he preached on a vanishing Pentecost. Pentecost going away not being what it had been before and what God wanted it to be because of tradition. This was so long ago that the message was on cassette tape. How many of you don't know what a cassette tape is? (laughs) I got some. I wore that tape out. I preached it. I preached three or four sermons from one message. I loaned it to other preachers and they preached it I said we must not let this happen we must not lose Pentecost in our day all it takes is one generation to lose it am I right here today the message was prophetic and today we're seeing it fulfilled in the land we're blind to our own weakened condition we're blind to the power that's available because we've been with everybody but Jesus but Jesus. How long has it been since you've been with Jesus? How long has it been till you sat at a meal of communion with Jesus and heard him say you shall receive power the Holy Ghost is coming. You see we keep thinking about this thing in the past Ryan Woolwine, it's been 42 years for me that I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. How long has it been for you? 30 years. But that wasn't it. I mean, that was the beginning of it, that was the doorway. But today, the modern church looks at Calvary like the past, they look at Easter like it's the past, they look at Pentecost like it's the past. I want to tell you, the blood still cleanses sin. Are you hearing me? I want to tell you, Jesus still gives us resurrection life. Hallelujah. I want to say it the Holy Ghost is real in my life today. I talked to a man just recently and I invited him to church. You know what he said? It hit me. He looked at me and said, Preacher, church just don't do it for me. I wanted to jab slap him, body slam him, you know. and i, I played When I walked off, I thought, church just don't do it for me. How many of you, maybe they didn't say it that way, but you've had people look at you and say, well, you don't have to go to church to serve the Lord. Have you heard this one? You don't have to go to church to get saved. Well, you can't get saved at the liquor store. Well, You could, but you probably won't. You probably won't get saved out there on 52 at the bingo parlor. You probably won't get saved at the nightclub. Are you with me? I mean, if you want a hamburger, I recommend go to McDonald's or somewhere like that. Is anybody with me? If you want to get saved, I'd recommend find you a good church. Get there. But going to church don't make you saved no more than sleeping in the garage makes you a car. You need an experience with God. Calvary, Easter, the, the fruit of the resurrection, Pentecost, fire, the life of God is real in the Pentecostal believer. Pentecost is not a denomination. Are you with me? I asked a brother one time, I said, are you Pentecostal? He said, oh Lord, no. And then he told me what denomination he belonged to. I said, see, you, you, you don't even know. Pentecost is not about the name on the door. Pentecost is about the life of the Holy Spirit in a believer. Am I preaching all right? I got to hurry because we got another group coming here after a while. Wait a minute, we got a long time to go. Let let me hurry. What's this? What's this? One day, one day, fully surrendered. I read this in a book recently and kept it. One day, fully surrendered to the purpose of God, will reap more fruit in our lives than a lifetime live with half-hearted intentions. I gotta get in the presence of God. My wife told me the other day, talking about one of our family members, she said this pandemic, this this shutdown has transformed a family member in our life. They've got on fire for God. So be it. Thank God it was worth it. It was, if one soul gets on fire it was worth it but there's more can you say man let, let, me, let me hurry we need to pray stand with me we need to get alone with God we need to spend time in prayer we need to get with him till we hear the promise power's coming the glory is coming the anointing's coming you know why people don't pray are you ready for this you know why you don't pray You know why I don't pray like I should? I just include everybody. We don't pray because we don't believe. If we really believe these words, John 14 and 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father, verse 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you understand? The church filled with fire, the church prayed through, the church full of the Holy Ghost, the church going out and and gathering the bread of souls in glorifies God. And if we really believe that, then it says if you shall ask anything in my name. I'll do it. The night Jesus was arrested, he asked his disciples to pray. Just one hour with them. He returned and found them sleeping and said, could you not watch with me one hour? But now watch this, Acts chapter 3. And I'm about done. Acts chapter 3, it's after Pentecost. Touch your neighbor and say, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized with the fire, tell me you're Pentecostal I don't care how much you talk in tongues you can't even pray you backslid I would say that I'm the pastor if anybody else talks to you like that I'll jump on them but I'm the pastor I can tell you I don't care if you talk in tongues and can jump through hoops if you're not praying you backslid and you don't pray because you don't believe and that's the definition of being backslid failing to believe Acts chapter 3 verse number 1 Peter and John go to the temple together remember before they're sleeping when they should be praying before they're denying him they're working away from him Peter's cussing I don't know him but after Pentecost they go together into the temple at what time at the hour of of prayer which is the ninth hour the Jewish day starts at 6 o'clock in the morning so at 3 o'clock in the afternoon they're going to prayer hallelujah Oh, I love the way you shout a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily to gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered in then Peter said verse number six silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk what, you, what have you got Peter? I got a Holy Ghost baptism I got a fire from God I got a commitment to Christ I'm a prayed up man of God I am in touch with heaven that's what Pentecost was meant to do. Took him by the right hand, lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple and walking and leaping and praising God and people saw it and crowds started coming from everywhere. And by the time they were done, multitudes got saved because of Pentecost. If we really believe God, we would pray like this. We believe what Paul said, Romans 8 and 11, but if the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that lives in you.
0: hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time raising the standard is the media ministry of the richmond house of prayer in richmond kentucky for more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the richmond house of prayer please visit our website at www.rhop.life thanks for listening